You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Heading to the goal, Nylander, but it's a clean shot. Austin Matthews ties it up. Sends it back up high. There's a long shot side of the goal. Up in the snack shack, William Nylander. Across the line, drops it back. Marner cuts into the middle, takes the shot. He scores. A bouncer that gets by Billy Huso and puts the Leafs up 3-1. Matthews near side corner. Is it? Finds Sandine. He whips one at the goal. Scores! From distance. The Leafs are going to pick up the win here in Detroit. Moving to 14-5-5. Oh, AB, we are so back. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Happy end of a very successful four-game road trip for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It ends with a great, you know what, it was kind of a grindy win, but it was the kind of win uh, that you can feel good about on the last game of a road trip when you're tired against a, a pretty spicy little Red Wings team in Detroit. Yeah, a team that's come in, they've won a few games in a row, they've been playing some pretty sound hockey, and you know what, the, the Leafs have been on the other side of it. Like, Is that a game that they should have won? Maybe not. I think they got outplayed. The numbers would suggest that. But how many times have we come in here and say, ah, oh, they got goalied? Or, yeah. No, they played, they were the better team, but they didn't come away with the win. It's nice for Toronto to come in, like you said, third game in four nights, you know, didn't quite have their A game. You could tell early on they had to weather that storm, that barrage that came, you know, in the first 10 or so minutes of the period before they got their legs underneath them. But they were able to get the quality goaltending, Matt Murray continuing to, to, to be Matt Murray, I guess. This is the, maybe this is what he is, which would be fantastic development for the Maple Leafs. And then they kind of shut things down, and, and, and they were able to capitalize on the few chances that they did get and come away with a victory. It's exciting stuff, and we've got an exciting show for you today. We're so glad to be back also. Yes. Uh, World Cup was fun, but gosh, there was so much good Leaf stuff over the past week. I've been another, chomping at the bit to talk to you weeks, all. Three weeks more of the World Cup. Yeah. But uh, no, Canada. Well, should so. not. Ah, uh, that does suck. Yeah, tragic, tragic. Anyways, Darren Drager, Darren Drager will join us about twelve twenty. Mike Kelly a little bit later. Uh, but for now, AB, what a time it is to be alive as a Maple Leafs fan, and how could we not start with Mitch Marner continuing the point streak? Like a lot of exciting things going on with the Leafs right now, to the point that every single time Marner picks up a point, which has happened the last 17, 17 18 games. games. Yeah, it's uh, almost 18, almost tied the franchise record. He's yep. so close to it and I don't even like talking to it because I'm kind of superstitious so I have to knock on the desk before we really <laughs> get into it, but how impressive has he been to you lately? He's been really you know, and the, the, the word that he likes to use, one that I'll use, Woo! he's been buzzing. Yeah, he's, he's been, been buzzing. buzzing around there and you know, it's, it's, it's on both sides of the ice, which is so great, but the thing that I find is different, which I think is why we're seeing a lot more of an explosion of offense from not just Marner, but we're seeing a lot like you know, you've got Matthews, who now has five-on-five five goals in back-to-back games. You've got Willie, who's filling the net, JT. You know, Pontus Holmberg has had a couple of goals here of late. Like, we're seeing yep. a lot more offense come, and a lot of it is coming from aggressiveness in the offensive end when it comes to the forecheck, and just pressuring guys, forcing turnovers, forcing pucks, and just getting those extra possessions. And Mitch Martin has been really the catalyst for doing that. Um, and you don't expect... 
Well, you we've come to expect this from Mitch Marner. Yep. But when you see a guy of kind of his stature when he came into the league, I didn't expect for him to turn into this kind of two-way force. But it's really what he's become. Yeah. And honestly, it's it's so great to see, and it, it's really fueling part of. What we're seeing here, Mitch Marner become one of the best premier players in the National Hockey League. Not just wingers, but players in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we were kind of shooting back and forth before the show as to whether or not this is one of the best. Well, it's definitely one of the best stretches we've seen Mitch Marner as a Maple Leaf. Is it the best stretch? I don't know. The back half of last season was was pretty crazy for Mitch yeah. Marner. But what's interesting about him to me, and at the beginning of season of the season when things weren't going perfectly for him and for the Leafs in general. I used the word emotional about Mitch Marner and I used it in a, in a good way like he takes things personally and he like he just wears his emotions on his face like when everything was happening with Keefe at the beginning of the year all those narratives the word I used was emotional and I think that still stands now like when things are going really well he could ride a high really well the same thing the same thing applies i suppose when things aren't going super well and it's easy to get into a little bit of a pretzel but he's he's riding the high well right now it's almost as if the team is somewhat linked to 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 mitch marner and vice versa like in a way it's like if if marner struggles they call him the engine like Like he's the engine of the team right like he kind of is like we always think of, of austin matthews being that guy but this season, like Mitch Marner's kind of been that dude. Like when he's on and he's playing elite level hockey, this team typically is is going to win that hockey game, and yeah. they're typically the better team. Early in the year, when he wasn't really playing at his best, you saw some lack of days go play. You saw some costly turnovers, and they were coming out on the other side taking losses. So I almost wonder if if. You know, like you said, he has become, I guess, the engine of this team, and the team at this point in the year is kind of. Uh, like Marner's like the ride or die. Yeah. And right now when he's playing at the level that he's playing at, 17 straight games with a point, you're getting elite point production. He's playing terrifically in his own end too, like last night a couple of times, really hard on the on the back check to break up some cross-ice passes and um, off the rush. And, you know, that's why this team has had so much success of late and why you look at this road trip and why this team is, is undefeated. They've won six straight on the road. That's so impressive. impressive. Yeah, that is so impressive to win six straight on the road. Considering before you know this current or this six game road trip, I suppose, you know, like they were in California not too long ago, where that road trip was abysmal. Yeah, we so, were so tired. We stayed up late for the those games, <laughs> and we would sit here and stare at one another the next day at ten thirty and go, "Oh God, now those what?" Idiots. Those <laughs> idiots made us come in here and talk about bad stuff. But since then, they've they've rattled off six in a row, and they're playing some really really stout hockey. Yeah, it's impressive. Uh, you mentioned how well Marner comes back. I, I'd say Austin Matthews has been kind of the same thing. It's been D by committee, and they haven't had a choice as a result of their, I don't even want to call it, like a, a beaten and battered blue line because the guys that are in the lineup are, are holding it down back there. No TJ Brody, no Morgan Riley, no Jake Muzzin, and yet they, they just chug along. It's so impressive, A.B. It really is, and, and it's been a, a by committee, like you said. And Sheldon Keefe touched on this last night. You know, coming off an impressive road trip where they've won four in a row and they've won six straight on the road, like we said, getting it done with all these injuries. And here's what Keith had to say on the team is being undefeated since uh, TJ Brody left the lineup and everyone's had to step up in his place. Anytime you lose a guy, it, you know, it stings and it sucks. And then you just get to work, whether you're a coach or a player, you just you got to press on. And whether you're a guy coming in the lineup or you're a guy that's, that's playing uh, more, uh, in our case, if you're a forward, like everybody just has to play better, play smarter, uh, play more connected as a group, defend better, 
and then compete and find ways to win. So I, we've done that, and we've given ourselves chances to win each game. And when you do that, you know, we, we're a good enough team that we're going to find our way on the right side of it. Connected is such a good word. Do you remember the disconnect between the forward group and the D group at the beginning of the they season? They couldn't connect on a pass. Nothing. Nothing was happening. They couldn't move the puck up the ice. And no. now they look like a well-oiled machine out there. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I feel like this this happened last year, too, where it was like, start okay, off to a small yeah. start. I feel like we can talk about, should we get to our stays and our goes? Well, and I feel let, like right, we can dip into it. it. All right, our stays and our goes. Well, I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You got to get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. I want you to stay. Did you want to pick up off that point? Yeah, that, so one of my goes, I have a couple goes. Uh, I have three goes. One is Detroit's reverse retros. They're hideous. I liked them. They're hideous. I I, I actually liked them. They're I don't know why of, I don't uh, like them. Remind me of like Coke Zero. I don't like, even it's like. like they're Rock and Coke Zero jerseys. That's an L to me. I'm it. not a pop girl. I'm a sparkling water girl, and for that they get more I, negative points. I thought I heard on the broadcast too that it was the first time that they've incorporated black into their jerseys. Yeah. I liked it. Don't do don't it again, know. in my opinion. I, I don't know why good. I don't like them. No, well, I like the own. wing. Maybe I just like their initial jerseys so much, and I think they're so clean that uh, if it ain't broke. It's iconic. It's iconic. Yeah. Uh, soccer of any kind, not a soccer girl. <laughs> I tried. When Italy won the Euro, right. like Everyone that was fun. Bridge. That Everyone was great. Just turned off the radio no, right now. No, I, I said that was the best thing ever. When Italy won the Euros, I had a great time in Market Square. It was awesome. It was fun to see Davies get that one singular goal. And <laughs> I hated not being on the air for a week. So soccer of any kind can also go. Um, but shout out to our great World Cup team who's doing a good job on that coverage. They could stay. The <laughs> other go that I have is the deja vu that I'm experiencing from yeah. last season. Yeah. Like, uh, like I, I just want to have a great vibe show. We'll keep the positives high. Like, we have a lot of stays. But something about deja vu happening in the back of my head right now, AB, that's making me a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, and, and, and I get that, right? Because last season, it was a bit of a tough October. We were at the end of the month and sitting here thinking, oh, my God, is this team going to fire Shelby yeah. Keefe? Then they went into Chicago and it kind of turned their season around. Fast forward to this year. They also had a very tough start to the year in October. And then they came home and it was that game against Philly. And we said, could this be that turning point in the year like it was in Chicago the season prior? And it has been. The yeah. team's been great ever since. And they've been beating some quality teams. They've faced adversity. They're getting great goaltending. Remember Jack Campbell got second star of the yes. month last November. I wonder if Matt, well, there's been injuries, so maybe not. But collectively, I would think like Leafs goalies could potentially end up with like some sort of star. Some sort of recognition, team, but, yeah. And, and, and it was really when we started to also see towards the end of the month, uh, Matthews and, and Marner kind of start to pick it up, which, again, we're seeing that this season. So 100%, it's been almost a carbon copy start. The first 20 to 25 games from last year to this year, but the reason why you're worried is because we know how it ended last year. Dun, 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 dun. So can they change the story? Can they change the ending? Like, everything else can be good, right? They can go yeah. out there, rack up 115 points. They can have an MVP on their season. And they can be one of the best teams in the NHL. But if they don't change the ending, if they don't get out of the first round, 
And we're back in the same situation next year, talking about how another first-round exit, and if next November the same thing is going on, they're starting to turn their season around, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. (laughs) I will be upset. It's like, come on. We need to get out of the first round. I know. I understand the deja vu. but Wait, can I just pick up on something you said there? You said an MVP on the team. Who were you talking about? What? For Matthews this year? I mean, to this point, it's been, like, it's definitely been Mitch Marner. Yeah, I think Absolutely, to this point in the season. A couple of goes that I had from last night, though. Like, I thought they got off to a slow start. Yeah. You know, that first period, they kind of weathered the storm. They got out of it with a tie tie game. But, you know, Detroit clearly, Toronto looked like a team that was in, in their third game in four nights, right? At the end of a road trip and a little tired, depleted through all the injuries. And, you know, they looked like it early on, but then they got their feet under them and they ended up kind of weathering it and, and won the game. They grinded it out. They did. Did but, you see the deserve to win a meter last night from Money Puck? It started way skewed towards Detroit and then actually by the end of the game, it wound up. Uh, Toronto ended up winning that Toronto. one. Yeah, which yeah. Was, I, was, I, was, I was surprised to see because I, I didn't think Toronto outplayed Detroit last night. They got the win. Yeah. And, and, and when you're a good team, you should beat the teams that you need to beat. Right, no matter what, and when ideally. you have the players you do, ideally, <laughs> and when you have the players that you do, you should definitely do that. But you know, last night, uh, you know, it was a game where just the, the better team won. Right, they got a couple opportunities which they buried. You got good goaltending. I guess if we can transition to stays, like goaltending is one for me. The fact that this what team is getting the goaltending they are is fantastic. Forty-two stops from yeah. Matt Murray last night. It's incredible, AB. Um, I have that down as well. Good goaltending is such a win. 5v5 scoring from from Austin Matthews and just scoring from the big guns in general is really nice. Austin Matthews, we've been a little critical of him just because we we have high expectations for him. Been fair. That's okay. He hasn't been bad at any point, but we just expect a little bit more pop from him. I think that goal looked very matthews S-class Sorry, Pittsburgh, right? Yep. When Michael Bunting made that unbelievable play. Got to give some love on, on that, doing the, the work that he did. Getting the puck to Matthews with space in front, and he finally scored his first five-on-five goal of the season from the face of his stick. Yeah. Right? Wasn't a deflection. Wasn't a tip. It, it was a it's deliberate a clean, shot. clean shot, and it went in the back of the net, and then he followed up Saturday from Saturday, last night in Detroit, another one, clean shot, picked the corner, off the rush, much more Matthews esque than we've seen. Yeah. Which is a great sign. He let go a nice Selly in, in Pittsburgh too. Like he you did. could tell he needed that yeah. one. And he gave a very similar Selly last night too. That's that's his go to. That's his go to. The little clench, arm up, boom. Like ah, that's, yeah. that's kind of what he likes to do a little bit. Um twenty three block shots too, like getting in front of pucks. Austin Matthews had five blocks last night. Very impressive. Like on top of the, the goal and, and, and what he was doing, like also had five blocks last night, 23 as a team. Like Mitch Marner had a couple of blocks as, uh, as well. So, you know, the whole team kind of buying it defensively. That That's overall what you look at this past four games and you look at this, this, this win streak that they're on, that they were just coming off of on the road. The team buying defensively. The fact that they commonly... Um, very often have five guys in below the hash marks like that. That that needs to stay even when everyone's healthy. Like remain, yep. remain in. Um, like stick to that game plan, right? I don't know. I don't understand why if if, if everyone comes back and then they go back to playing loosey goosey hockey and they can't you know buy back. I just stick, remain the way you're playing right now. When everyone's healthy, you'll win a heck of a lot of hockey games. Yeah, last like, eight games they've allowed three goals or less. And if you look at this roster. And what they pay their guys up top, 
three goals a game to to win it should not be asking a lot. If they continue to defend this yeah. way, they should be able to win a whole lot of games. Should note what four straight games with four uh, three straight games with four goals for the first time this season. Oh, so, good note. Good, yeah, uh, good to see We're Toronto struggling offense, for scoring. Offense Hard. starting to come around, playing solid D, getting good goaltending. Good vibes, good vibes. Love we'll it. Continue the good vibes with a good man, Darren Dreger, on the other side, or TSN Hockey Insider. Also, we'll be joined by Mike Kelly in the one o'clock hour. You're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over 200,000 customers per month looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to leasebusters.com. Julia Tesheri and Mike DiStefano here with you on Leafs Lunch. Coming off a big Leafs win over the Red Wings. 4-2 last night for the Leafs. And right now we have our TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger, on the phone. What's up, Drags? Yeah, you know, just uh, another Tuesday here, right? Post-U.S. Thanksgiving. Uh, so just kind of kicking tires and getting right for insider trading later today. Dregs, you got one more day, one more day with the mustache. Is it, you know, how's, uh, how's it feeling? How's it looking? You, you, are you feeling a little, you know, upset that it's got to come off the face? Are you ready for it? No, yeah, unlike Austin Matthews, it's it's not uh, a staple of my identity. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm looking forward to getting rid of it. I, I've never been a facial hair guy. I just, I, I, I don't. I don't like when it starts to get itchy and problematic in that sense. So, you know, it's it's been a weird experience, um, and I'm not complaining at all. I'm always very appreciative and helping out in any charitable way that we can. And I think we all kind of grow weary from time to time of having to to ask. But you know, it's a small task to do. This year's been a challenge. I don't think people truly appreciate the luxurious stash that I have uh, grown in just under a month here. So. We'll see. I've got a couple of days to raise more money. There it is. 24 hours, guys, to go out there and donate your money to Darren Drager. Go check out. It's all your, your, your you got it on Twitter that people can go and, and check yeah, it out. Yeah. yeah, so go do it. Go donate the money. It's for a great cause. Uh, we're with Darren Drager, TSN Hockey Insider. Leafs coming off uh, a 4-1 win last night against, or 4-2, rather, uh, against the Detroit Red yeah. Wings. Their fourth win in a row. Go perfect 4-0 on this road trip. I mean, how impressive has this stretch been over the course of this trip, picking up a full 8-8 eight of eight points, given the, the injury situation on the blue line? Well, that's, that's what makes it noteworthy, right? Uh, when you look at who the Toronto Maple Leafs don't have, and it's Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, TJ Brody. I mean, I, I think that most of us expected that this was going to be an onerous task for uh, the team and their structure, and it really hasn't been. That's not to say that they're rolling over teams, because they're not, and they're playing good, hungry teams like they played Detroit last night. You know, Detroit, for me, is a, is a bit of a surprise, but you can see the pieces of the Red Wings coming together here, and you can see that the future is likely going to look bright in Detroit. Uh, Toronto is just finding ways to win because of how they're playing. Yes, of course, their best players are, are playing that way, and they're you know, generating the offense, as we saw last night, with Matthews and Nylander and, and Marner, but it, it goes beyond that. You know, listen to the broadcast, I think it was Gary Galley who pointed out, or 
Um, someone pointed out how Sheldon Keefe has been talking about not the 17-game the streak that Mitch Marner has going. I mean, that's in and of itself kind of speaks to his game. But, you know, Keefe talked about how well Marner is playing defensively. Yeah. And you can definitely see that. You can see that on the goal that he scored. You know, how he had to bust his tail to get up into a situation where Mark Giordano had an offensive option as he drifted into the zone. So, um, but that's not just Marner. I, I think that we're seeing a lot more from the, the different facets of this team. You know, we're noticing Yarncroke more than maybe we did in the first 10 games of the season. And there seems to be some chemistry developing in that bottom six. So, you know, the fact that they're, what, 10-1-4, uh, and four, you know, over a stretch of games, that says a lot about the coaching of Sheldon Keefe, but more importantly, the buy-in and, and how – the group is taking stress off the blue line, which in turn takes stress off the goalies and allows the goaltenders to just do their job. Yeah, it's definitely been defense by committee, but when those guys went down, Kyle Debus almost had kind of a direct call-out to Lilligren and Sandine saying they're going to see what they yeah. can get out of those guys before they go shopping around. Have you been impressed with them in, in the absence of their top defensemen? I have, and, and uh, you know, credit to Giordano and Justin Hall as well, right? Like, Justin Hall has been basically a whipping boy in this market for yeah. a couple of years. Anyway, some of it is deserved. Uh, but the one thing that I admire about Justin Hall is he, he, as cliche as it sounds, players will say it, ah, we don't listen to the noise, we don't, you know, read social media, any of that. Well, yeah, most of them do. And most of them are keenly aware of the noise. So there's no way that Hall wasn't hearing it, but he maintained his confidence because his coach needed him to do that. He'd make a mistake, he'd go right back out there. So he's played through it, but you're right. You know, it's the, the responsibility and the, the more time on ice that Sandin and Lilligren have that has benefited Toronto in that position probably the most. To me, it looks like, and I don't want to put you know, too much pressure on this young man because he still has a ton of room for growth here and development. Rasmus Sandin, you know, this isn't a newsflash. He, he's going to be a real good defenseman. Uh, he, you can tell he's, he's got a bit of swagger to him. You know, the offensive side of his game is going to continue to develop. He's got a bit of bite as well. Some of that he may have to <clears throat> kind of steer back a little bit. You don't want him running into penalty trouble. But there are elements of the way he plays that are, are kind of rounding out fairly nicely. And that looks to me like just something that's going to get better with time, age, and experience. So they've answered the call. That's, that's taking heat off Kyle Dubas. That's not to say, though, guys, that Dubas isn't still looking around the National Hockey League for an upgrade. I mean, until we know what Jake Muzzin's situation is officially – you know, we've speculated that, you know, it appears he's done for the year. Until we know that in February, there's always going to be that, that wondering about the cap flexibility that the Leafs are going to have. But, you know, Dubas, this is buying him time to be as patient as he wants to be to make sure that the right fit is available to him. Yeah, and he made a minor move last... I was off the air, so I didn't get to talk about this at all, but Kyle Dubas picked up uh, Sandine's old D partner in the Sioux in Timmins, and they brought him on the road out on that road trip. Seems like he's going to have a hard time getting into the lineup right now with all of the players on yeah. the blue line playing so well, Dregs. Yeah, and some experienced players, too. Like, you forget about Victor Mete. Right. And, and the reason why, you know, Toronto had interest in Victor Mete is, again, just you, you, you can't have too much depth. And when you've got a player like that who can play in and out of the lineup, 
but has some experience to go with them, then that gives Sheldon Keefe options so that you don't have to push Victor Mete too hard. I, I'm curious to see how Connor Timmons is going to play for the Leafs. I am. I, you know, he's been unfortunate with luck or with health, um, bad luck. You know, he's had concussion problems. Um, but, you know, as soon as the deal went down, and, I, you know, look, I take zero credit for this because I did not break the trade. I mean, the Leafs announced it. But I had Connor Timmons' name circled on my page a mm. week ago. And, and, like, it's just so obvious, though. Yeah. yeah. Given, you know, slam given the history, Yeah, given the history to um, the fact that, you know, he was just sort of not working out in Arizona, and a lot of that had to do with his health. But then you, you dive back into the draft year and, and, you know, how well he played. You know, Ray Ferrero on the podcast talked about how good he was at the World Junior Championship. Yeah. I mean, you can't forget about those things, right? You know, some players get buried and they just never seem to find their way. Um, we don't know what Connor Timmons is capable of being, but the Maple Leafs feel like it's at least worth an extended look. So he's going to get an opportunity here at some point. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Guys could uh, could have resurgence at yeah. some points and, you know, kind of find their game. Uh, we're ch- chatting with uh, Darren Drager, TSN Hockey Insider, and one of those guys who I think has definitely had a bit of a resurgence here after a couple tough uh, seasons in Ottawa is, is Matt Murray. I mean, the way that this guy has played since coming back from that injury, um, yeah. he's got like a 940 save percentage since coming back. He's been unbelievable. I mean, are you? do you believe that his level play is sustainable? Is this what Matt Murray can provide the Maple Leafs if, uh, if, if, if he can remain healthy, which is the ultimate question? Yeah, and, and that's the qualifier, right? Um, you know, in answer to your question, do I think he can, he can maintain and sustain his level of play? I do, I do, um, but the health question is one that is is always going to be nagging. It just it just is. Now you know again I, I've talked about this before, but you know one of the reasons that Matt Murray was looking forward to change, and it's you know not an indictment of, of Ottawa's resources or lack thereof. It's more about Toronto having the resources and the depth of their resources, you know. To, to train players maybe differently. And that's on and, and off the ice. So as soon as Murray arrived in Toronto by trade, you know, they were quick and, and all over him uh, to get him in the hands of those individuals who are hired inside that support department. And he fully embraced that. So he put himself in a real good position to start the season. But then, as we know, ran into another injury setback, and that took him out for several weeks. But he didn't come back until he was 100% ready, and that was by design of the club. So now he's doing what he needs to do, and he's giving them his best, and, and that's pretty good as far as NHL standards and goaltending go right now. But you're right, you know, until you get through, I don't know, what's fair, 30, 40 starts, you know, can we maybe – Stop talking about the injury possibility. Yeah, of, of I, don't know. Matt I have Murray. no idea. Like we, he may have yeah. to go through the whole year to kind of prove that he can. You might. Because even in Pittsburgh, that, like he he did, yeah. you know, have a couple injuries throughout the playoffs too, along yeah. those Stanley Cup runs. Right, but 
you know, that's that's the world he lives in. Um, don't think he's too concerned with it. Yeah. You know, his focus now is is uh, being as good as he can be. But I, I can also tell you, he's, he's in the crosshairs of the NHL to some degree because of <laughs> what oh, we man. see with the, the goalie rash of late of pushing the pucks off the net. And Didn't see it last night, give, though. Yeah, to give <laughs> Ferraro credit, um, the one thing that Ray noticed is that it's not just how he's pushing them off. It's, it is the way he is with the skate and the mesh. Mm. So, I mean, people drill down on that stuff. He's not the only one by any stretch, and to some degree it's coached. But the goalies in general, and Murray is in this group, that are being scrutinized and they're being watched. And there's internal discussion in the NHL head office about what or if there's anything that should be done to to try and push back on it. Yeah, well, I was going to ask that question. If there's anything that the NHL could do, like, is this a, a fine situation? I, I couldn't see a suspension, like no. that being suspension-worthy or anything no. like that. But would no. they be willing to levy fines for no. uh, taking away scoring opportunities like that and kind of impacting the game? No, because then you, you're, you're heading into the supplemental discipline and Department of Player Safety yeah. as well. Um, no, I think, you know, what, what could happen, and, and the issue, Mike, is more about the differing buildings. You know, the essence of the mooring, that the pegs that hold the net, yeah, they're supposed to be uniform. They're supposed to be the same in 32 buildings around the NHL. That's not the case. And so it really puts the, the officials in a tough spot because what you'd like to do if you're the referee is skate up to Matt Murray as an example and say, hey, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. It'll look like you shoved the net off. So don't do it again. And he says, well, yeah, I didn't. I just bumped it, and the net came off. Okay, well, then you call the – during a timeout, you get the on-ice crew in there. They have a look at it, and they say, no, it's, it's fine. Everything is set. You go back to Murray or the goalie and say, okay, the next time you do it, we're calling a penalty on the play. Um, and I don't know if that's the answer, but it wouldn't take too many penalties and power play goals for coaches to, to get to their goalie coaches and say – okay, we need to stop him from doing that uh, unless he does it in a legal manner. So it is something that will be discussed for sure. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, and he's trying <laughs> back there. RTSN Hockey Insider Darren Dreger on the phone right now. Dregs, I've been I've seen a lot of chatter online always, and today at 11 a.m. on a random Tuesday when the Leafs are on a four-game heater, I see I see Kyle Dubas trending, so I click on it, and you know what? Actually, some of the takes were they should re-sign Kyle now while they can. Do you think that's a possibility in season, Dregs, or do you think that's exclusively based on playoff success? No, I, I, I mean, it is a possibility, and, and the only reason I, I'm hesitant is because I don't know that they wouldn't consider that. Uh, I know that the direction going into the start of the season was that, no, they, they would let Kyle play out the year, and everyone is measured by a level of success or lack thereof, and I, I think that's fair. You know, I'm not mistaken, I think Brendan Shanahan went into the end of, of his contract before extending. So the same is likely going to apply to Kyle Dubas. But I, I can't say with certainty that's the way it's going to go. I just don't think that there's been any reason for the team to change its position on that. And by team, I mean senior management and, and ownership. They're playing well. Their record indicates they're playing well. They're a top-five team in the NHL. I'm not surprised by that. But, again, given history of the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's less about what they do in the regular season, more about what they do in the playoffs. So there's uh, a lot of ground for Kyle Dubas to cover yet. 
with Darren Drigger, TSN Hockey Inside. Let's head out west for a sec. Um, you know, Vancouver, they've, they've won three in a row. And, and, you know, compared to where they were a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like they were dead in the water. Now you look at the standings, Drex, they're one yeah. point out of a playoff spot. I mean, is, yeah. is this team back? Are they now a, a competitive team? Is this just a hot run? What do you make of uh, the Vancouver Canucks at this point compared to well, a couple of weeks ago? It's a hot run, and you're right. A couple of weeks ago, Bruce was getting fired, flat out done. And it felt like it was going to happen in any moment. Yeah. Um, but as we talked about an insider trading around that time, the perfect scenario for the Vancouver Canucks was to, to keep Bruce around so that they could, and this is management, they could really assess and analyze the development of their players and where they're at as an organization. You know, see what their specific needs are. The needs are still the same. They need help on their back end. Let's start there. They needed better goaltending. They're getting better goaltending of late. Uh, and if you rewind all the way back to the Bruce bump last year, look at the goalie stats of Thatcher Demko during oh, yeah. the Vancouver Canucks push, push in that second half. Off the charts. I mean, he was almost single-handedly winning games. So he's playing better. You've got good leadership in Bo Horvat, who's, who's come along. Uh, Elias Pettersson is playing close to the way he played in his first year. So, yeah, I mean, give the players credit because they did not give up. They did not tune out Boudreaux in any fashion. I don't think that this takes the heat off Bruce, though. It, maybe in the short term it does, but in the long term, they're going to make a coaching change. It, 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 it's likely it'll happen at some point in season. But I'm happy for Bruce that they're winning again. Like I mean, he looked like dead man walking there for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, the players did a nice job of, of, again, keeping things upbeat and accepting responsibility. So I'm happy for the players that they're being rewarded. But there's still a lot of flaws with this team. And I, I think in the long run, we're going to see it again. Yeah, very interesting situation. Okay, we'll keep it out west, but not as far out west. Matthew Kachuk returns to Calgary tonight for the first time since the trade. Uh, How do you think, well, I'm not going to ask you how you think that game goes tonight, but what do you think the reception from the crowd will be like, and and how much do you think they're missing him right now in Calgary? Yeah, well, you know, when when you make significant changes the way that Brad Trillity and Calgary flames embraced, uh, and it doesn't go well, and I mean extremely well, um, then you're 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 open for that scrutiny, and and that's the way it is in Calgary right now. They've got players who are underachieving. Now they've had a bit of a bump of late. Jonathan Hubro is is playing better. There's no question about that, and I don't think that that should come as a shock to anyone. You know, when you go through the upheaval of a trade and moving families and all of that, there's a transition phase that needs to be respected, and that can take 20, 25 games. I still think Calgary is going to be better. We just talked about goaltending in Vancouver. The goaltending in, in Calgary, especially Jake Markstrom, hasn't been good this year. You know, he's he's given up bad goals almost on a game-by-game basis, and that's that's not the makeup of Markstrom. So let's assume that, that he finds his stride again, which I think is a, face, a fair assumption. You know, then they're going to need the pull and the push from, from other elements. Um, they don't have Shillington, which has created a hole on the back end for him. He's been out for a while for personal reasons. So that's taken a bit of a toll as well. As for the reception for Matthew, um, yeah, I mean, there might be a couple of boos, but as Daryl Sutter acknowledged, you know, the Flames are an educated fan base, and Matthew Kachuk was a really good Calgary Flame. Yeah. He was. 
you know, was he part of, of teams that underachieved and disappointed? Of course he was. But, you know, you could lay uh, blame at the feet of, of many associated with that club. So I think that there'll be a, a decent reception, and I'm pretty sure that the Calgary Flames will do their best to pay tribute to him as well. All right, Trags, we'll leave it there. Appreciate the chat as always, pal, and uh, I'm looking forward and excited for you to be able to shave off that mustache in a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate your support. Thanks, guys. All right, there he goes, Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider. Um, you know who I have? As my, I think I've mentioned this before, but the two goalies I have on my fantasy team, Demko and Markstrom. Whoa. So That's you tough. can just you could just tell how great. Not the my, best. Yeah, not the it's best. not been a great every yeah. single goal. I don't know, man. Every week. Remember, I'm just taking the L. Remember I said, like, I, I still, Dreg said there he thinks Calgary could still be good. Whenever yeah. you make wholesale changes on a team, like when the main characters on your team become guys who don't really know one another and don't really know the group and don't really know the city, it takes some adjustment. Yeah. I, I think they're still settling into, the, into that. I, I buy into the idea that Calgary could still be good. How often do you just put a random group together? Like, they're random guys. Nazem Kadri is a random guy. Can, to I, give you, can I give you literally the best Tell example? Me. The Vegas Golden Knights. Oh yeah, but they they had they had like they <laughs> literally were the called reg- the Golden Misfits. They put together. But they you know what I mean? The that, they had that know, like gall gust. But yeah, but, that's so but true. You're, you're right. I'm just kind of being a little uh, a little bit of a donkey there. But you're right. Like <laughs> ultimately, I think we just assume that they would. They would just hit, hit the, ground the ground running, running right? Yeah. But there are some adjustment periods. They got to adjust to, you know, different systems. And like, you know, we we questioned whether or not Huberdeau would work under Daryl Sutter. And to this point, it hasn't quite. Um, doesn't mean that it can't. We also questioned if Johnny Goudreau would work under Daryl Sutter, and it, it, it eventually did. Yeah. Right? Like last year, he was an MVP caliber player. So you know, we'll give it some time. I mean, it's true. They're locked up long term at this point with Johnny Goudreau or um, uh, Johnny Huberdeau. I also. So. Drags, I feel like a couple times we've had him on, he's he's said something along the lines of it's tough when you move your family, you're in Florida. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Huberto is like the most single man around, like driving his Aston Martin around Florida. He was just packing up his car and going. Yeah, could be the case. Could be the case. Could be. Because I think even when we had Julian McKenzie on, what, a couple weeks ago, he was breaking down the story. Wasn't he just like at a men's beer league game or just finishing yes. a beer league game in the summer? Yeah. Most guys with family might not be doing that at... Uh, was that Dre broke at what, like 10 p.m. Uh, or something like that? Hilarious. So, yeah, me, you might be right on that one. Uh, all right, Mike Kelly to join us in the next hour. But uh, we also, coming up, it's the quarter mark as well. So we're going to go through kind of our, our, our biggest surprise player, big MVP of the season, all that more coming up. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julie Tashiri. Listen to Lease Lunch here on TSN 1050. Bad news has it again. Now, back to Leafs Lunch. On TSN 1050, the Leafs live here. I mean, I think we feel good. Uh, I mean, it's always, it always helps and it's always fun to win. So, you know, we just want to keep it rolling, uh, continue to uh, put in the work uh, every day and uh, continue to get better and work on the areas that we need to improve in and uh, just continue to play. So, like I said, this is a big road trip for us. Um, you know, it felt like a bit of a long one, but uh, it's good to get uh, a lot of points on this one and, and get one more game at home. And uh, I want to make sure that we just continue to continue to push. That's Austin Matthews and a whole lot of words. He said they just want to keep buzzing and keep improving. And we love that from them after that great road trip that they just finished up with a win over the Red Wings. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available at Petro Canada. The perfect gift 
for any occasion. Practice looks like it's getting underway right now, A.B., from what we see thus far. There, there will be some lineup changes, it seems. Um, Wayne Simmons and Dennis Mulgan are in gray scratch jerseys. Nick Robertson in a regular jersey. I, I'm reading Mark Masters' tweets, and he calls them sweaters, so I'm, I'm fighting the urge to sweaters. call them sweaters. Uh, but we'll see some lineup changes, and we'll keep you updated on that as it, as it goes. And now, what's up? Well, so we just heard from Marner and, and Tavar, or Marner Matthews talking about him and Marner yeah. and just how much better they've played of late. And, you know, it got me thinking, like, a guy who's really hot right now that I feel like he's being under-talked about just because what Marner's doing is William Nylander. Yeah, and he was getting all the love to start the season because to start the season, Marner and Matthews were freezing cold and John Tavares and William Nylander were kind of making it happen. Yeah, kept things afloat. And and they've kept... You know, went, I wouldn't say it went quiet, but like on that road trip, Just everybody kind of went quiet. quiet and compared to what we're seeing from Mitch Marner specifically right now. It's hard to think about anything else. Yeah, but you look back, and, and I'm just looking now, you look at his last 12 games at yeah. William Nylander, the guy's got nine goals his last 12 games. Scoring three straight. Quietly, he, eh? Just like quietly picking up goals each and every night almost. Yeah, I don't even know what to say to that because it's like, oh, it's William Nealer. He's looked great thus far this season. What does he got? 13 goals, scored a... Uh, Over a point per game, 25 points, I mean, like this, games. William Nylander, 13 and I feel like he's coming into his own. Yeah. And, and, and you know, he's he's been such a polarizing player in this market for so long. Like, at first, it was like, oh, that's the worst contract. And then, you know, last year, it was, well, even the last couple of years, oh, he doesn't play in his own end. He doesn't back check. He, the the pull-up in the playoffs got a lot of airtime. flack for that one. The yeah. airtime for that. Like, even we're guilty for giving him a lot of flack on that one. But well, he's like, guilty of doing that one, to be well, fair. He is, yeah. he is. And, and at the time, he definitely was. And, like, is that going to happen again? Probably. Is he going to play at an elite level every single night? No. I think it was Brett Hall who said, you know, if I come and play elite for 45 games a year or something like that, that, that allows me to be the elite player that I can be yeah. at my best if I take a couple of nights and off. And my dad, my dad, the so, ultimate Italian, William Nylander, like he's like your uncle hater. from Vaughn. Yeah, like kind of a hater. <laughs> uh, he said himself, while I was home this weekend, I went home for a couple of days, he said something along the lines of, yeah, if William Nylander played in Florida, nobody would nobody would bother him. They'd Listen. just see his highlights every couple of games, and nobody, everyone would just think he's sick. Listen, and everyone so does think he's you, sick. You brought up my uncle, though. Yeah. Uncle Chris is his name. Text me after every Leaf game, right? And yes. he's just like your dad. He thinks he thinks his team needs a bunch of Wendells out there, and that William Nylander is hey, not the player to get it done. He texted me a couple of weeks ago, and he had to eat crow. And he's like, "Tell you what, this Nylander kid is starting to win me over. He's starting Ooh. to win him over. He's still, a, he's still an Engvall hater. He's still an Engvall hater, and he hasn't done anything this year to, I guess, persuade him otherwise. Oh, he's done a lot this year to persuade him well, deeper to put into him the Engvall exactly into, yeah. into that. But he's starting to become a fan of Nylander, and it's because he's starting to turn into like a two hundred foot player. Yeah, he he like Nylander. I'm pretty sure I'll have to double check this, but I think last I saw, he was leading uh, the Maple Leafs in like takeaways. Like, he's wow, playing, I did not realize that. If that's a thing, he's, he's playing just a, a solid two way game. Like he's he's not at the Mitch Marner level, but he's at least engaging on the defensive side, and he's he's hounding pucks down. He's pressuring. Like he is starting to use his body. He is starting to really come into his own and turn into the best version. That I think we've ever seen of William Nylander. And it's unfortunate that we're not giving it the proper airtime because we're seeing Mitch Marner evolve into such an elite two-way player. But I feel like 
you know, we're seeing a couple of guys really come into their own, and, and this is what's so great about this team's development and at where they're at this year and why so many people look at the Leafs and they say this is a, this could be a special season. Yeah. Like, this is where a lot of guys have an opportunity to do something special. And, uh, you know, William Nylander is playing arguably, I would say, the best hockey of his career. Yeah, you know what? Now that you say it in a more pic- big-picture way, maybe we are seeing something special from... From almost every one of the Leafs' top guns, whether it's Austin Matthews, sure, he hasn't been putting up goals at the same pace we're used to seeing him put up, but he's hitting a lot more, and he's more physically engaged, I think, than we've ever seen him in his career. William Nylander's developed this two-way game that we haven't seen from him before. And also last year and this year, there's been talk about him from Sheldon Keefe getting a little bit more pressure and a little bit more pressure to be a leader. John Tavares is having a crazy renaissance. He looks faster, I think, than he's looked maybe in the past four seasons as a Leaf. Like, his first three steps are so good, and he's he's just looks you know like where, he's got new life breathed into him. You know him. where I've noticed John Tavares a little bit more? You know, maybe it's maybe the term quickness, potentially. Yep. Like, his first few steps, like you said. But also, like, when he's involved in rush plays, he's not trailing as much as he seemed to a year ago. Right. Like, am I seeing that correctly? No, like, you got I a new skating like coach over the I... summer. Like, he looks, he looks speedy and zippy and, and youthful and fresh. And those are the guys that ultimately are, are going to win like, or lose playoff series or, or games for this team. It's the way that they're constructed. And if those guys are, are clicking and buzzing, the, the, the idea is they should win all the time. And that's what we're seeing right now. So to go back to that stat, the William Nylander takeaway stat, I just went and found it. He yeah. does lead the team. He and Austin Matthews both tied with 20 takeaways wow. on the season at 5-on-5. Five and only nine giveaways. So he's like a plus 11 in the giveaway takeaway realm, which I believe is best on the team. I'm, I'm looking at it right here. David Camp is a plus seven. Um, and they got a bunch of guys who are in the negatives, which ain't too great, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> got Rasmus Sandin, 20 giveaways, just four takeaways. And he's playing better, though. He's, he's played better of late. But William Nylander, 20 takeaways, leading the, leading the Leafs. Who would have thunk that? Right, like coming into the year, not me. I think I'd be saying this twenty-four games into the year. Look at us, look at us. Willie Who would have thought? Guy? Who not me. Thought it, right? So let's give Willie, uh, give Willie some flowers, man. He's having, he's having a great season. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can get back into this a little bit more with Mike Kelly. He's going to join us at uh, at one twenty. But on the other side, we're going to do our kind of Leafs quarter mark recap type of thing. Yep. So we got that coming up uh, in the second hour of Leafs lunch. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia to share. You're listening to Leafs lunch here on TSN ten fifty.